Hi, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Ask Ellie, Intuitive Insights and Your Questions Answered. My name is Ellie Molina. I am your hostess for today. And in this weekly podcast, I answer questions from listeners or invite guests, or do both, and just sometimes share ideas and thoughts and things that are new. And today on May 18th, just want to share a little bit about what happened astrologically on Sunday when we had that full moon total lunar eclipse in Scorpio that so many people were able to see. And I watched it from my bedroom window first time in my life. It was just absolutely amazing. And then tomorrow is a sun trine Pluto. So this is a great day to solve a mystery or to unravel and do some unravel something that's been perplexing you or even do some research. Uh, A great day. Then on the 20th, the sun enters Gemini. So we have that in store for us now as we go into as we're in the Mercury retrograde in Gemini. And then we have a sun conjunct Mercury on the 21st, where we're going to be alert and versatile and we'll be able to communicate really well and negotiate. And um, yeah, there's just a whole lot happening astrologically which we'll talk about next week on the podcast. So today, um, I have a very special guest who has turned into a friend. And those are always the best kind, those guests that turn into friends. And her name is Gail Hassan. And she has had paranormal experiences ever since she was a teenager. Gail attended the Woodstock Music Festival in 1969, and she's even in the Woodstock documentary and is featured in the recent book, 50 Years of Peace and Music. Today in the research community, Gail is known as a telepath, psychic, and remote viewer, someone who actually accurately sees distance or future events. The chapter on telepathy in Dean Radin's international bestseller, Supernormal, describes one of the many successful paranormal experiments with Gail as the subject. She has contributed to many experiments and papers on paranormal phenomena. In the 70s, Warner Earhart presented Gail at events to promote the mind dynamic seminars that evolved into Earhart seminar trainings or later on EST. Gail has been welcomed into indigenous cultures, including the Hochul of Mexico, the Hade of Alaska, and forgive me for my pronunciation on this one, and shamans of Mongolia. In 2011, she was initiated as a Mongolian Buryat shaman. And in 2014, she was awarded an honorary doctorate from Mongolia's National Academy of Sciences. For decades, Gail Hassan has been a subject and a contributor to scientists in the paranormal and psi research field. She has led an unconventional life and found herself accepted into diverse cultures by just being herself. And so I welcome Gail today to the podcast, and it's going to be so... 
Hey, Gail, welcome, welcome, welcome to Ask Ellie Intuitive Insights. I am so excited to have you here. There has just been so much activity happening in your life. So I'm going to welcome you, welcome you to our listeners, and then I'm going to start asking you some questions. Does that sound okay with you? Well, it sounds okay, but the first thing I want to say is thank you so much for having me on your show. And the fact that you've been on a podcast uh, with me before, and now we're getting to reverse the roles where you're asking the questions. And, uh, and also just this lovely connection that's happening from doing these podcast shows and meeting such wonderful people like you. So I don't feel like this is the last time we're going to speak together. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I was just saying that it, as I introduced you is that I'm so happy that we have become friends through this entire um, adventure in podcasting. And that is the beauty of doing podcasts because, you know, you start with an interview and before long, you find yourself friends with people that you've been on interviews with and et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's exciting. And thank you for being here today. Listen, Gail, we got to tell the listeners about your birthday. So Tell, uh, let me just give some back, back information. Gail's birthday was this past 15th, right? That was the full moon. We were just talking about that, the total lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So what a day to be born. And Gail, can you tell us a little bit about your birthday surprise? Well, uh, you know, with me, it's always like a long story. So <laughs> I have to start with where it actually, because it's never like, it's never a plan. It's things that happen. And it's because of this thing rolls into that thing, or I don't know if they call it six degrees of separation or what the, <laughs> what the right term is. But 11 years ago, under my very old uh, redwood tree here in, in Sebastopol, I was um, uh, honored by a, a wonderful Mongolian shaman, Zagda, who came to my house and uh, initiated me as a into a Buryat Mongolian shamanism. Wow. And after she did that, she came back a week later with a filmmaker who was a Mongolian student at UCSF. And this wonderful man, Mr. Suki, made this video of a group of Mongolians that came here to do a ceremony and to also have an interview with her about why she did this initiation for me and what happened. Mm -hmm. This was very eye-opening for me because the whole six days of preparation and ceremony we had 11 years ago, I didn't have the beauty of a translator. So everything was done with telepathy and charades and just, you know, just being able to connect together. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I had not seen this man or the film footage. Some of it was posted on YouTube and... Um, it was part of the interview of him and interviewing uh, Zagda and myself. And that's where I learned how she felt that when she would want something that we needed for the ceremony, she would think of it in her mind. And she said it was like, I would pop into her head, get the mm -hmm. information and then pop out. Mm -hmm. And that's really about exactly how it happened. So it was great to know from an interpreter what had gone on. So I said, I'd love to have that film footage, but I never saw him again. That was 11 years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In September, for the encouragement from uh, Michelle and LITM Media, um, I decided to do a podcast. 
And I decided, well, I'm going to have a podcast. I really have to clean my office really good, get all the papers in order that have been sitting around for so long. Mm-hmm. And as I'm doing the papers, a little tiny post-it note falls out of the papers mm. and it's Mr. Suki and his phone number. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know if Mr. Suki even still lived in California. This is 11 years later. I never spoke to him again. And I thought, well, to me, that's always a message when something like a post-it note falls out after 11 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm the kind that takes the message. I don't think that it's just a coincidence. I feel I'm supposed to call, even though I'm assuming in my mind, he doesn't even live here anymore. Mm -hmm. He picks up the phone immediately, remembers who I am. (laughs) And I say, you know, I, I was wondering if I could ever see that film footage you took here. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I don't know where it is. He said, but I'll search for it and I'll see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. I don't hear from him again for months. Mm-hmm. And then I get a phone call. He found the, the hard drive. It was at someone else's home. And he'd like to come up with a group of Mongolians that he has joined to be with in the Bay Area. And they are, some of the Mongolians are shamans in training and they would bring their shaman that they're working with with them. And they're a group that's been together since 2011, interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'd heard about me and they wanted to come up and meet me. Cool. So about three weeks ago, or I'm not good with time, but somewhere within this last month, this group of seven Mongolians comes here. (laughs) And uh, they are Bay Area uh, residents who uh, have been living here for the last few years. And they have a a translator who's been living here for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So she really speaks and understands English. Nice. So she, they came up and we, I had made a whole lunch for them and all we, they asked me to play the jaw harp and I showed them photos of my initiation from the 11 years earlier. And I showed them my medal I'd gotten from the Mongolian government and from, you know, that I had a PhD, an honorary PhD from the, Um, Institute of Science of Mongolia and that I had a deep love and connection from Mongolian people and so I showed them all my things Mm -hmm. that I've had from the years Mm -hmm. and so then they left and before they left they said we they all loved my giant redwood tree and they said we'd like to come back someday before we leave back for our you know annual visit to Mongolia we'd like to come up and have a little ceremony with you before we go So I said, great. They said, it'll be at the end of May. And I said, okay, great. Well, all of a sudden I get a call because that's how it always is. Mm -hmm. You got to be spontaneous with these things. Mm -hmm. And they said, actually, we'd like to come this Sunday if that's possible. That's the day we'd like to come. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, oh, well, this Sunday happens to be my birthday. I don't really have any plans. Mm -hmm. So the idea of having a ceremony at the house on my 67th birthday was, I was thrilled. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so even though that was a long story, that's actually how it all occurred. Mm-hmm. And it was only the second time I met these people who came to my home. Mm-hmm. But of course, when Mr. Suki came with them, he's the one I met, you know, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I only wanted my family here mm-hmm. and two particular friends who are dear friends who've had different, uh, th- actually three friends who had different serious, you know, cancer and thing, you know, serious things. And I wanted them to be here for the, whatever the ceremony or healing would come with the experience of a ceremony for a tree and a ceremony for fire. Mm-hmm. 
So that's who all came and attended. And my, I have three kids and only two of them were at my um, original shamanic initiation. And this was an experience where I would have another sort of, um, uh, I don't know, it's not initiation or blessing or I'm not exactly sure because I haven't finished discussing it. This is all so fresh. This only happened a couple of days ago. Right, right. So I'm really digesting a lot of the experience, but I'm happy to share like the basics of what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I can tell you how it was all set up and, and what mm-hmm. we did. I'd love to hear. I think our listeners would love to hear if you're okay sharing it while it's still so super fresh. And we don't have to talk about all the things that one needs to process because those are all very personal. However, if you can tell us a little bit about what does it look like to have a Mongolian shamanic ceremony in your home? Well, first off, um, the wonderful translator, Elma, she... um, called me and said, the shaman said, this is what you need to prepare before your Sunday ceremony. Mm -hmm. So for three days before the ceremony, she said, you need to take a a cleansing bath. Mm -hmm. And you have choices of two different things you can cleanse with. One is either milk, which is very important in Mongolian shamanism. Mm -hmm. It's white, it's pure, it's milk. Or thyme, the herb thyme. Mm-hmm. She said, either one, you make a few gallons of, you know, like five or six quarts each night. I think it was five quarts about, it was five liters. And you stand in the bathtub and you have a warm bath or whatever temperature you're comfortable with. And then pour the tea or the milk over your head. So mm-hmm. that's flowing down your body and giving you like a wash and a cleansing. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, I, I chose the time <laughs> because uh, I like, I love the smell and I, of time and I love cooking with time. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother-in-law's own a very large import company of spices in uh, New York. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my nephew, I said, I, I said, this is a quick thing because I didn't know this was going to happen. I said, but can you overnight me some time? Mm-hmm. And he sent me a bag of time. And the day it arrived, I was doing a podcast with a tour guide from Egypt in Cairo. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And the time arrived, I, I and I said to him, can you tell me which country this came from? Because this time now isn't from a store. So it hasn't been boxed or handled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This time that came directly from Egypt. Wow. Right. I said to the to, to the my 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 guest Khalid. I said, yeah, I said, I just got time and it, it came from, comes from Egypt. And he said, yes, I was just thinking to say that to you that we grow this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I took the time and placed it in, uh, it was about a half a cup of time to five liters of water. Mm-hmm. And I placed it in a big giant uh, revereware pot on my stove. Mm-hmm. And I put everything in one of those tea bags you can buy at Whole Foods, you know, where you can bag right. your own tea. Right. And tied it up and it brought it to a boil and then as soon as it boils, then you turn it down. And then I carried it next to my tub. And um, when it was still a little too hot at first, I put some in the pouring cup and added a little bit of extra cooler water to cool it down a little. Mm -hmm. But I started to get used to the really hot temperature and how 
good it felt to like slowly drip down my head mm. something very soothing and and ve- and just it really felt it was very lovely ritual beautiful and i did this every evening and i decided when i did it the other things that i like to add in for that experience and i think this is a wonderful thing to do whether you're having a shamanic ceremony mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. is just do this to honor yourself and to cleanse yourself because you know we interact with a lot of people we're out there in the world there's a lot of stuff that we pick up it's it's a good thing just to do mm-hmm. in general for the self and i'd I'd neglected doing these things because I was so caught up in everyday life. And that's why I'm always so grateful when a shaman offers to come here and do something like this and tell me about rituals to do beforehand. I get reconnected to that soulful, spiritual part of myself. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. um, So for me, I like to light a candle and I had a tray of beautiful flowers that I... I'm so blessed with a very dear, great friend, and she happens to also live on my property. Mm-hmm. So she made me a platter with all flowers from her garden and all fresh thyme tied in bundles. Oh, gorgeous. So I, each night, because I did this for three nights in a row, and I had amazing sleep afterwards, each night I would also take those bundles she made and I brush them and taking the, you know, dipping into the tea and brushing it with those thyme and then taking a small section of the plate, she made a third of it each night and throwing it in the tub. And even in the hot water and all this stuff, when the water drained out, all the herbs were still fresh and looking perfect again. Nice, nice. So I saved all the herbs, which I ended up putting into the fire ceremony I'll tell us about, but I, I want to say it in order because that's the easiest way. Absolutely. So I saved all the herbs in my mind, knowing that I would like to throw them in the fire in the future. And I light a candle and I played, I I just found the sound of Tibetan bowls, the gong bowls, you know, that metal round bowl that you hear like the ding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just felt like that all was everything that made my ceremony complete. And I laid there each time. It was about an, anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. And I would just close my eyes and just breathe, not, not super intensively, but just connecting to my breath and just letting myself feel the real calmness and soothingness of the water and the herbs and that we were completing a three-day cleanse. Hmm. And I, I have to say, I when I after I did it, I said, why don't you do this more often? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that wild? Hard, yeah, yeah. It's hard to say, like, you give yourself that time, mm-hmm. you know, like, or you're so tired by the end of the day that you're going to so sit there and make a ritual, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It was just a, I'm just so grateful to be reminded how important it is to do that. And I hope your listeners out there, some of them try that and see. Um, I, I do recommend the three days because each day I did it, it became a little stronger and more, um, you know, different things that it come up in your mind or, or that you let go of or whatever happens. Mm-hmm. I think it's three days is a good, perfect number to do it. Right, right. It's also the magical number in, in um, I was going to say, in not even mythology, in every belief, okay, three is just the magical number. So uh, 
Yeah, I, I agree. Three and seven. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, All right. Then came the cleanse and you saved so then herbs and the flowers. Day, right. Uh-huh. And my son and I went out and bought a whole lot of food. So there would be all this food for everybody since it was a birthday. Mm-hmm. But that would happen after all the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And um, the other things they asked me to gather were seeds and things to feed nature. Ah, cool. It was a ceremony in nature to honor nature. Mm-hmm. And we were honoring the sky, the earth, the water, the tree, all the animals. So no. I was to put together a platter that had all different color, um, colorful things. And my friend Kim, again, made me a wonderful platter of all these beautiful flowers from her garden. Mm-hmm. And I collected... Um, all sorts of different seeds and beans and things from my kitchen that all had different colors and created like a plate of all these lovely colors. I did not realize until they arrived and set the altar up at the tree that when they said, we want you to gather things to feed nature, they meant large quantities. (laughs) And so you know, I, I know they spent a lot of money buying all these nuts and dried fruits and bird seed. The bird seed was spread. Uh, this wonderful man, Boggy, went around the tree and spread it all around in like a very uh, ritual manner for, you know, we were sitting in ceremony for two hours and he would go around and sprinkle out of like a five pound bag. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, then he'd stop, then he'd do it again and again. So many, many times, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for that to be gone, for that's for the birds, right, right. And um, they said to me that I needed to, you know, that they, they, that the for the proper ceremony, you need to make sure to leave all these foods there for at least three days, and then if you feel a need to have to clean it up, it's okay after three days. I said, I'm more than happy to leave it there. I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't imagine until the next morning after the ceremony, what a feast must have gone on out there. I felt like the animals had a birthday party on me. Also, because almost, I mean, they were grapes and I'm talking, you know, not a cup. I'm talking, you know, a quarter or two of nuts, you know, a lot of Yeah, yeah, and it was almost all gone. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering who feasted. I wish we'd had one of those little cameras at night that that saw how many different animals might have been there. You know, party hats on. (laughs) Oh my god, that is so cool. (laughs) So there was an altar of cloth, and on it were all those different foods set under my redwood tree that's a few hundred years old. And uh, little uh, silver cups of milk mm-hmm. were set across it and flowers. And they had said to me before the ceremony, you can set up a table and put on it all your shamanic things that have meaning to you and what you feel you would want to have there. Mm-hmm. So on those three days of preparation before with the baths, I was also going through a tremendous amount of things I've collected over all these years that have meaning to me, like 
water that flows through Haleakala Crater that I've had for 30 years, mm -hmm. uh, a little special grain bowl that's given at the end of the peyote ceremony in the Huichol Mountains of Mexico at the end of this that I've had for 33 years. So mm -hmm. my objects were very meaningful things to me, mm -hmm. including photos of people who have passed on in these last years of COVID that, or what you know people you haven't gotten to see. And my altar consisted of um, special little rings or things that have been given to me over the years through, from shamans and mm -hmm. special people. And then I set up seven candles because I like to make prayer candles for people when they've lost someone. Mm. And I make them, I don't know what's possessed me to do this, but I've been doing, I've made more than a hundred of these already. Oh my God. And I mm -hmm. send them off to people. Sometimes I, I send them off to people and I tell them, and they're very colorful and each, I've never made two the same. <laughs> and um, I'm not artistic or anything, but there's something about these candles that I put some part of myself or spirit into <laughs> and that it's a prayer candle for them to connect to the spirit of the person they've lost. Oh, that's beautiful, Gail. <laughs> and I've had some of the nicest, you know, sometimes I wonder when I do it after I leave, like, do they think I'm crazy or <laughs> do they ever light it or do they mm -hmm. stick it on a shelf and never look at it again? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just as I was wondering about that, because I had just because I make one for every person in the family. So if it's somebody who lost their father, it's like one that I'm sending out right now to New York. Uh, it's a, a sister and a brother lost their father. So it's the first time I ever had all the candles that i made that I was getting ready to send to people who lost, both of them lost their fathers. So I had them all on the table for the ceremony. So I mm. felt like these candles were getting an extra blessing. Absolutely. But they went mm. on their little journey. Mm -hmm. And right before I went to that last memorial of a dear friend who was a cable car driver here in San Francisco, he was a uh, conductor of the cable car for his whole career a wonderful man. Uh, when I got there, there was a woman and she said, Gail, when you gave me a candle for my mother four years ago, she said, I've lit it every year on her birthday. Wow. And it really feels like I connect to her, like you said, and it means so much to me. So I just want to thank you. And I was so happy to get that, not because I needed validations continually or anything, but I just wanted to know, did right. the people have any experience with the candle? You know, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So they brought a lot of nice, uh, you know, experiences. So, mm -hmm. and, I, and I just, just like the podcast, I don't know why I'm doing them, but I'm doing them. I don't know why I'm making these candles, mm -hmm. but I am. Mm -hmm. And it feels very good to me. And it feels like a way of being able to share from my heart to another person in that time of grieving and loss, because you know, we just lost a body. The, the, the spirit of that person still lives on. Right, and, right. You know, and I feel like the candle is also a flame and the spirit attracts to the flame. Mm -hmm. And um, anyways, so we set up this can, this table and all these different meaningful things. And um, they said it would be a ceremony for the tree and a ceremony for fire. Mm -hmm. So we did the... Um, they came around 1130 in the morning and it took about an hour and she set up all her things and um, we all had to sit on the ground unless my two friends who 
you know, had different medical issues, they, they sat in a chair because they mm -hmm. needed to be the only way they could sit. Um, but everyone else sat in the ground. And my children got to watch their mom dressed in all her Mongolian clothing <laughs> sit next to a Mongolian shaman. You know, I, I just consider I was initiated that way. I'm not really a mm -hmm. Mongolian shaman. I'm not Mongolian. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I jaw harped as she drummed. Mm. And I was just given different, you know, it was, she was teaching me as she was doing ceremony. Mm -hmm. So when we first jaw harped, she said, you're, you're playing, but it's not, you're not playing through your spirit. You're just playing the jaw mm -hmm. harp. She said, now play with your spirit and you'll, you'll feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the spirit she means, but it's like the spirit's coming through you. I'm, mm -hmm. I, this is where I can't right. and, and, quote anything I say mm -hmm. is, you know, set in stone. It's what I think no, I'm understanding. We're, I'm going to come back to that because that ties into a, this is a tangent, but it's not, it ties into a conversation that I had earlier with um, about a healer here in New York. So I'm going to come back to that. All right. Okay. And um, we're talking about the, so the concept is the idea of knowing when spirit or let's call the God source is in us and other yes. people can feel it coming through us. So I'm and, going to come back to that. Mm -hmm. um, so I listened to what she said and then I let go in my mind that my family was behind me, that this, maybe they're impatient, maybe they don't really want to watch this, but this was my birthday request. Mm -hmm. I said, what I want you to do for my birthday is join me at this ceremony. Mm -hmm. And they had an absolutely fabulous time, the whole family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so what she said was to play again and to play along as she drummed and she drummed on a triangular drum mm -hmm. very, very powerfully. And I jaw harped and in that second time, I went to the place she was talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, for me, I, I would relate it to where I'm sort of leaving my body or putting my body on the side or I'm not, I, mm -hmm. I'm just saying mm -hmm. my mental stuff and all that gets put to the side. And then this kind of energy flows through me and into the jaw harp. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I personally feel honored when like a shaman asks me to play next to them. It makes me feel very honored because I, you know, I, I calmed at that. I was calm at that point to just say, you know what, whatever happens, happens. And at the same time, sound started to come out of me. And I felt I could have gone to a deeper, even more, out of body place, but I realized that I was in this ceremony and I need to just stay with this particular thing that we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she saw the difference immediately, just like I was feeling it. Mm -hmm. And she said, now feel that difference. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I really appreciated her, you know, encouraging me to go to that place um, and her being able to see this. And then we had not, I'm not going to share, but she had intimate things to tell me about myself and my life. And she said that this, her, you know, what happens with a Mongolian shaman is a spirit enters in, in, into, into them 
and they become that spirit. It can be an old man, it can be a wolf, it can be a young, happy child, and they work with the spirits that are their spirits. Mm-hmm. And um, she was giving me advice about things that I needed to do from her spirit to my developments. And um, I really appreciated everything that she had to, to offer. And uh, she then decided to do something similar with a few of the people that were sitting there, my daughter, my husband, my very dear friend, um, Julio, and my other friend, Ed. And the part that I find is so fascinating is that when a shaman can do certain types of healing on another person and the results are instantaneous, that we have to... um, understand why for thousands of years this has been a form of being a doctor or a mm-hmm. therapist or a person who blesses homes mm-hmm. there's reason that this is going on so my one I'll share one particular uh, story of one of our friends who was having a, issues because I'm not going to mention names or things to be respected right, right, of course mm-hmm. Um, but they had lost their wife a year Mm -hmm. and a half ago. And I did not know, but apparently they had not slept for the last year and a half. Every night they sleep, but the person was getting tormented by dreams of his deceased wife coming to him and never letting go and leaving. Mm -hmm. So every night he was having restful, restless sleeps. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's been a year and a half and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, she worked on him uh, very intensively, which involves, you know, using different shamanic objects and, you know, whatever she was doing personally with him. I stayed to the side. I jaw harped with her for him for a little bit. Then when they, she said stop, then I didn't do any more jaw harp. And um, she did her cleansing, healing on him. And it's been two nights since that happened. And he said he has slept from the minute he goes to bed until he wakes up and has not had a dream for two nights. And he feels unbelievable. And to please, again, let her know how grateful he is for what she did because he feels like complete Mm -hmm. relief that he really needed. And this was dealing on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. about dreams, about a spirit entering in dream. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's death spirit, someone who's gone, you know. So these are the kind of things that, you know, shamans work with and do, uh, you know, I mean, there's things that shamans do work with, with physical ailments, but I'm sharing what went on on a spiritual level. Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And this, I just want to circle around a little bit because, um, about two weeks ago, I think it was Betsy Chassie, and you may remember her from What the Bleep. She was the documentary filmmaker of that film in 2004, What the Bleep Do We Know? And um, Betsy did a new documentary, which is available, and it's all about energy healing and energy workers. And so she went around the country interviewing um energy healers and their particular work. So it's all along, you know, and and again, addressing 
kind of a little bit like why Western medicine doesn't recognize it, but if that wasn't the point of it, it was really more about the actual efficacy of energy healing. And then she um, is currently working on something called the Galileo Project, which is a new documentary also that will be out next year, which involves, again, healing and working with the unknown. So um, she even interviewed Dr. Bernie Siegel, the cancer, you may remember him, the cancer specialist from back in the day. So he was there um, as well as um, Tom Campbell and um, a few other, and I think she even interviewed Dean, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not quite 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure she interviewed Dean also. Anyway, point is that her intention is to bring the world of the healing and to bring the world of what people still consider so frightening and terrifying and unknown to more and more people so they can understand it and embrace it and recognize that there's so much to this. Uh, there's so much real, and I mean real, you know, what is reality? But this, basically, this all works and it works well. And that's why it's been around for so long. And no matter how we lie and deny or pretend that it doesn't exist, it's there. And it's, it's available to all of us, each one of us, if we would only learn to use it. So what did want, you know, then, so I wanted to, if you don't mind me talking a little bit, and I wanted to circle back to your harp. Wait, we're not done with the Mongolian ceremony, are we? Yes, that's exactly. You read okay. my mind instantly. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> well, so I'm no on that. Because I want to I finish what, I don't want people to think that it ended at that sort of thing. No, no, no. But what then ended up happening was there was a lot of, um, they they sang some beautiful Mongolian songs and they asked everyone in my family to sing with them. Mm -hmm. So whatever you could hum or whatever were, whatever song came to you, that it was for the time for everyone to sing. Mm -hmm. So we all sang and then we took a, um, an hour, uh, half hour to an hour break. And we moved on to the fire ceremony, which, you know, we're mm -hmm. here in California, so it has to be, in a very special mm -hmm. spot that I, I happen to have a little fire pit that I made a few years ago because I used to have before COVID after the shamanism conference, shamans would come to my house and stay mm -hmm. and we'd definitely be having fire pits and things. So yeah. made a little fire pit so that it was safe. And they made, they prepared the most beautiful fire that was, you know, peaked up like this, you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. looked like a, a teepee or something. Yep. Yep. And it was a, a fabulous fire. And we all had um, pieces of fat in our hands from, they had made a brisket that they had brought. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, this was all the fat that was taken off the brisket mm -hmm. after it was cooked. And so we were each given fat, which I had experienced when I was in Mongolia and we were feeding a fire. Mm -hmm. That fat is, you're feeding the the you know, the spirit of fire and they have to eat. Mm. And so what you're feeding them is these, so each person in the group all were given pieces of fat to feed the fire. Mm -hmm. And then the shaman gave me, um, it looked like uh, ghee, like cl cl mm -hmm. clarified butter. Mm -hmm. And I would take it and then dribble it around, around the fire itself. 
And then, um, you know, we didn't film anything when we would, she was doing ritual or things like this, because that's not to be, that's not the time. Right. right. Mm -hmm. and so we have pictures of, you know, before and after and us all as a group and this mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so at the fire ceremony, after we were all to look into the fire and to um, say our name to the fire so that the fire would recognize us. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember because I turned 67 that day. <laughs> <laughs> but there were different things we were to ask in our minds or mm -hmm. quietly to the fire as part of the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of the ceremony of the fire, we all held hands and danced around the fire and they turned on um, some Mongolian music, which is young people's music, which is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm saying young because I'm 67 now, but it's people music for everybody, but it's a young band mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they've become very popular. And I highly recommend anyone go on uh, YouTube or you can find them on Pandora or Apple. Mm -hmm. and they're called who H U. Oh, well, I'm going to check them out. And their uh -huh. music is fabulous. Okay. I'd, I'd listen to them. I actually told some of my Mongolian friends about them because I'd, I'd heard about them uh, more than uh, almost two years ago or a year and a half when they just started touring. And mm -hmm. they, they, they've become incredibly famous very mm -hmm, fast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a specific song um, that, you know, because you have these podcast things or not these podcasts, these um, music sites, you can see the actual, I never knew what the English translation of these things were. Mm -hmm. And there's this beautiful song about women and it honors women. Uh, I'll see if I can find it, but um, it, it was, anyways, it's something about women in the title of the song. So if you just go to the who, mm -hmm. H-U, you'll find mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. when you read the translation and then they have someone singing it in English and it's all about honoring the water, the earth, but the honoring of women. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful, I never hear songs like that, mm. of honoring women in that way, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, like, like as priestess or mm -hmm. anyway. So I, I highly recommend that for anyone interested well, in. I'm going to check it out for yes. sure. So thank and you. Mm -hmm. So they put that on, not that particular song, but one of the songs of this, this band who, and, um, we just all danced, however, and your body felt so free and loose and and it was just a, the, the perfect to the ending of, you know, a whole day of ceremony. Wow. So, mm -hmm. um, the touching thing was when we went inside to eat after my son made all kinds of incredible barbecues because he want, we, we tried to make food that would be something that everybody would enjoy that's coming. And... Um, uh, the uh, lovely Elma uh, brought this cake for me from the from all the Mongolians, and I didn't have a birthday cake. We mm. hadn't even thought about any of these kind of stuff. I was only thinking about ceremony and not about birthdaying. And they're the ones to bring me a birthday cake, not my family. Not <laughs> <laughs> funny, yeah. And uh -huh. she had it made. I, I I posted a picture on Facebook. It's a full moon standing up, coming on top of the cake. And she had the, the moons all dotted so that you could see the transgression to go to the eclipse. Mm, I know. I saw your cake. I saw it on, on Facebook. It was awesome. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. 
I was so touched that these people who I'm only meeting a second time came to, they gave so much of themselves. They brought so much food and all the other foods we had. We, there was enough food here for I don't know how many people. The generosity, the caring, the giving, the fact that her spirit had put, picked out three or four people in our group there that needed to do healing. And that was not what she had planned on doing. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be a ceremony about Gail, something or other, whatever. And she would, you know, and, and there's no money involved and there's not asking of, I can't even express the, yeah. the love and the beauty. I can't, I don't have words for what that felt right. like. Right. Well, that's, you know, for me, I look at it as the God force coming through us. Okay. And when the God force comes through us and other people, well, then it's not about money and it's not about, it's about the God force. It's about that, that light within us that is emulating and coming out and other people see it and they feel it. And, you know, that is something so special and beautiful that, mm -hmm. I forgot. I, I, I was I was trying to remember everything perfectly, and I forgot one of the other things we had to do. That's very important. Is we had to get dried horse dung. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I had a neighbor down the road who couldn't believe that this is what I wanted this for. That I needed to set it on fire, mm -hmm. and we brought that back for her. And my husband is always the one to get the horse dung because he got it for the original ceremony. And um, it has to be a certain dryness. Mm -hmm. This horse dung was burning the whole time in front of the tree, mm -hmm. billows of smoke coming in between. And that's also, you know, like a blessing, the smoke mm -hmm. is a blessing. But it has, they said, if you can't get horse, we could settle for cow, mm -hmm. but horse is the preferred. Mm -hmm. um, and very important in the ceremony. I, I, I'm just trying, I don't mean to be, no, 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 <laughs> right. No, this is, you know, it I was a lot. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, anyways, I, I know I'd been talking for quite a while. So well, well that's that, why you're here. That's yeah. why I, you, okay. I, I really wanted, I wanted to hear all about this and I think it's, it's amazing. So then how did it, how did it end? So we all had the ceremony ended with the, the dancing and the singing. Mm -hmm. And then I took a picture. I had my daughter take a picture of all of us together. Mm -hmm. And then everyone came in the house and we all put, we took off our shaman clothing. And um, uh, I wanted to mention that one of the gentlemen that came, uh, Bagi, he is an energy healer. Mm -hmm. And he took my daughter and gave her an hour energy healing and wow. um, my neighbor who had just survived cancer and wow. gave him an energy healing. And, you know, he, he, my daughter said it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, while we were eating, he took them out to the side. So it was after the ceremony was over. He took the mm -hmm. two of them and, and, and took the time to do all that when he could have been sitting and eating food and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we all sat around the table sharing stories and laughing and having food. And, um, uh, and then they wanted, to, they got on the road right before sunset. Mm -hmm. And then we went out nine something. It was close to 10 or what I can't remember what the time was. And we drove down the road and watched the uh, lunar eclipse. Wow. And mm -hmm. So I'd say that would be the end of a, what I would say was a, great birthday day <laughs> oh I think so I think we'll see 
it's like, wow, like, wow, wow, wow. Absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, and one other thing that happens in the tradition was that while she was doing her shamanic work with me and, you know, drumming around my body and, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not her, it's a spirit for her. It was a spirit of an older man. Mm -hmm. While she was doing that, something fell off of her, a metal um, symbol fell off of her clothing mm-hmm. and her clothing is very old and her things are there for specific reasons. So when she found that it had fallen off, she said, I, the spirit means I have to give it to you to protect you. This is where it has to go. She told me where I had to sew it onto my clothing on the back mm-hmm. and that that's where it would be because it had to, if it, it hadn't left her, then that would just be there. But the fact mm-hmm. that it left, she doesn't take it and re-put it back on. She gives it to me to attach onto my clothing because she mm-hmm. feels that's why that happened. Oh, so very cool. There, there to protect me mm-hmm. when I'm doing any kind of work. Work. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I can't. So there's so many little things that I'm forgetting, but as I'm talking to you, they're coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. It's a whole. Listen, this is a many hour process and very involved and many, you know, it's multi-level. And so I was going to ask you something, but thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing this with the listeners and thank you for being so detailed so that we could really, at least I, I saw as much as I could through your, through your descriptions, I really felt like I could participate in this, in this event and what a beautiful event. And I have a couple other questions. Now, okay. do you and do you do any of this work then for other people also? Do you, how, how does this, what do you do then with this information? Well, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing things a lot throughout my life that I couldn't exactly explain what they are necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, uh, um, I've always been a very good connector of people, like connecting people to other people. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that people come up to and tell something that they have never told anyone before in their life and they don't even know my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the kind of person that I've been. Um, and what I do with this is. I don't have any particular practice or thing that I follow or do. Mm -hmm. I just, um, I have friends or maybe someone I I meet that's maybe lost someone and I have them come to my house Mm -hmm. and I put them on my porch, which is a second floor balcony that looks out to the mountain. Mm -hmm. And I do different sound and mostly my most, most important tool is my jaw harp Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's the thing that I communicate to what gets me in touch with information and I hear information or I um, when I do this with them we don't speak I just make sounds around their body Mm -hmm. and I do smudging um, just like I did in my home because the shaman said when she left for the next three days now you must smudge your house and um, cleanse it of all spirits. And I have a lot of antique things and stuff around in the house and all these things have energies. Yes. So like I just opened up glass cabinets I have with a 
abalone shell in a huge sage burning and I put it in each shelf till the till the thing was filled with smoke inside of it yeah. and um uh so that's what I'm going to do for these you know I have three days of doing that so I have another two days to do that um I forgot what this train of thought had to do with smudging people coming that you help oh, people coming so when they come onto the porch I wear my Mongolian clothing, mm -hmm. uh, not because I feel like I'm a shaman, but because I feel when I wear it, I'm protected from any of those negative spirits or things that can happen in these kind of experiences when you open yourself up or leave your body or mm -hmm. things like this. And what happens is if I step out of the way, it's sort of like becoming a medium for me where I get information, not, not tons of information, but whatever it is that comes, I pass to the person who's there because they lost a loved one and they feel like they haven't connected. And I can't explain what happens, but somehow we make some sort of a connection mm -hmm. between my, it's not Gail that's doing it, but- No, I get it, I get it. comes through mm -hmm. me to them. Mm -hmm. and um and if they're open to receiving it and if this you know and then I might hear a few words and I just say the few words that I've heard or I might have a smell or I might you know so I just and I just say to them that you know just don't talk just just feel all of this that's all mm -hmm. and then um when they leave and their face looks lighter or they feel a little better then I feel like something happened. Yeah. Um, but I never take for granted that something will happen every time someone comes to me. Uh, but so far, I've got a good record of that, that something has always happened. But um, I just leave it up to, you know, I'm just trying to. And also my intention always is coming from a good space. Mm -hmm. that I only want to be able to be in, in help of any way that I can, because I feel tremendous amount of compassion you know, when it's somebody, you know, or it's a friend and they're in some kind of pain or something, but I don't, it's not an advertising thing. I don't have people coming to my house regularly. And I get it. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when a friend asks me, can you come and cleanse my house? I want to sell it and it's not happening. I will go and do that, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and none of it ever has to do with for any kind of monies or anything like that. Yeah, I get it. And I don't claim to be in any special somebodies or anything like this. I've just had a lot of experiences in life. And I feel that sharing my stories and the things that have happened is part of the healing and the way of connecting to people um, and for them to be open to having new experiences for themselves. I, I've always just kind of blindly rushed into so many things in my life. The amount of risks I've taken, the fact that I'm sitting here and able to talk to you and I wasn't killed in some place or another is amazing. <laughs> well, you know, there's something about sharing stories. It's part of our tradition and part of our history. So, you know, this is awesome. Wow, Gail, um, we're almost at the hour. And our, um, so what I'd like to do is invite you back in the future so that we can talk about all of the other things that we didn't get around to today. And so you and I are going to talk after the podcast. We will look at some times in the future. And for everybody listening, um, links to Gail and her work and her podcast are right underneath uh, the 
right underneath the description of today's podcast. So I'd like to thank you, Gail, and thank you listeners for being here today. And you can find Gail and her work and her podcast right with the links below. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Great to be here. And just the same, I have to have you back on my show because so many people loved everything you've said. And I've been following you because you pop up on all these other shows. So I feel like we're both on a roll here. <laughs> we have a lot to say. So thank you so much thank, for having me. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.